Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer, once again, with you to discuss health. I have been asked by a couple of different moms to tell my story. I've been talking about homeopathy immunizations and homeopathy this last two shows and I had hoped not to really I wasn't going to tell my story but because I've been asked I thought you know what maybe it is important it's important because people can learn from my mistakes okay my oldest is actually 30 going to be 34 years old this this fall and when I was first having children I went to the doctor I had my children in the hospital. Back then it was really quite, you know, you get, went from the delivery, the labor room to being wheeled into the delivery room, which was actually a surgical room. And you had your children. And then you brought your baby back two months later for his first immunization. And then every two months to four months to six months after that for immunizations. So I was such a obedient child or an obedient young mother that I did everything my doctor told me to do. And when I went in for my first set of immunizations, I never really thought that much about it, of course, because that's what everybody did. And my baby got really sick the first set of immunizations. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I cried. I called the doctor. They said, oh, don't worry about it. Give him Tylenol. He'll be fine. Sometimes they do tend to run a fever. Well, his fever was more than just a little fever. It was 104. And I cried. I called my mom. And, you know, like I said, we gave the Tylenol and all those wonderful suppressants. And he got over it until the next set of immunizations. A couple of months later, I found out I was going to have another baby. Wonderful. I was so excited. And it was pretty much the same story. I immunized just like clockwork, just like I was told. I watched the calendar, and I took my babies in for immunizations. And, you know, I I did the whole doctor office visit scenario. And because I didn't know any better, I would literally cry every time I had to watch that nurse give my baby a shot and I would say why do we have to give these shots and she said because it's law and I said well if it's law why do I have to sign this paper and she said oh that's so that you understand that there's a rare occasion now and then that they could actually get sick or get a life-threatening disease from the immunization I'm like what and she goes no don't worry it hardly ever happens we just want you to be aware that it could happen so here, I believed everything she said. I believed that it was law, that I had to give my children these immunizations. And I believed what they said when they told me, go ahead, give the Tylenol, so, you know, that'll bring the fever down. Everything is, that's just fine. Well, I had my first baby developed eczema right away. My second baby, I, <laughs> well, I kept taking her in to see if she had hearing problems because she was just like numb all the time. But my third baby, I actually had a miscarriage between my second and third, but my third baby was the most horrifying illness because after her second set of immunizations, she developed 
Well, flu-like symptoms. First of all, her she was very quiet and very withdrawn. She would look at me, but she would hardly she wouldn't move. She would just follow me around with her eyes. And I noticed there was a problem with her shoulder. I actually believed it was dislocated. My dad seen it. He'd come over for coffee and I put my I had nursed and she just acted so funny. I laid her down and my dad looked at her and I looked at her and I said, Oh my goodness and her shoulder was seriously it was dislocated. I, my dad stayed with the other two kids, and I wrapped her up, and I took her to the doctor, and the doctor said, her shoulder wasn't dislocated. I said, yes, it was. Anyway, he sent me home, and that night she started running a really high fever. I took her back the next day. He said, it's just the flu. And I said, no, this is more than the flu. Anyway, so he sent me to another doctor, to a pediatrician. She took one look at my baby, and she sent me to the hospital. She said, I'll meet you there in 15 minutes. When we got to the hospital, by this time, my baby, her eyes were... Um, actually just very glazed over. She was dehydrated. You could see all her ribs and her even her eye sockets were sunk in. And the doctor said, I'm afraid she has meningitis and we're going to have to, I want to do a spinal tap. And I knew how dangerous spinal taps were, especially for a six-month-old baby. But I conceded and I said, okay. So they did the spinal tap. It was clear. She said, well, we're completely perplexed. We don't know what's going on here. But we're convinced it's a very serious bacterial infection. Well, as it turned out, the shoulder that I thought was dislocated actually probably was because it was a very, very inflamed. And what happened, instead of meningitis, the bacterial infection landed in her shoulder. And she had what they called septic shoulder. And that is a disease that, just like meningitis, uh, bacterial meningitis, it has to enter through an open wound. So I always felt, because I was a nursing mother that stayed home, how else would she have gotten an open wound <laughs> besides her immunization? And I always just felt that that lay dormant in her body for those few weeks there from her second set of immunizations until it manifested, until she something wasn't exactly perfect in her world. She got run down and this bacterial infection manifested itself. It was awful. She was in the hospital on IV drip antibiotics for two full weeks. Um, she, like I said, she was so dehydrated they could hardly you get the IV in her. They're going from her leg to her head, and after two full weeks, and our whole family had to go on antibiotics as well because it was highly contagious. They said, "Well, I still Im- continue to immunize my children after that. Believe it or not, then my fourth baby again." Once I started immunizing, she ended up with tonsillitis, all sorts of strep throats, ear infections. I continued to immunize all the way through my eighth child. My Finally on the eighth one, when he, they tried to give him his polio, oral polio, and he threw up projectile vomit all over the doctor and the nurse and everybody. He says, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. Well, by that time... I started having a kind of a support group. We had started homeschooling, and I was learning more things. I was learning that maybe I didn't have to immunize. Oh, my goodness, what a scary, scary venture that would be. But there was this parental right thing that I was starting to hear about, and I'm like, what? Parental rights? We, we have rights as parents. We can actually teach our children, and we don't have to immunize. We can do with our children as we see fit what we think is best for our children oh my goodness what a concept right so anyway I walked away from the doctor and I pretty much never really went back after that except to have have my babies but as far as the immunizations my first eight children were in and out of the hospital on and off antibiotics the first half of their life it was awful 
there was hardly a day where I didn't have at least three bottles of amoxicillin in the refrigerator or something even stronger because we had ear infections, pneumonia, bronchitis, like I said, the ear infections, the septic shoulder, the allergies, um, sinus infections. My have one daughter, she was x-rayed five times from April and on antibiotics from April to November in one year. I'm like, what is going on here? What is wrong with my children? I stopped immunizing. I started using homeopathy, and I didn't know what I was doing, okay? I didn't have a book called Homeopathy for Mommies. I had Kent and Alan, and I had authors that, oh my goodness, they were like genius IQ people that I was trying to decipher what they were talking about. And I had a really good homeopath, but I didn't understand what he was trying to teach me about the Materia Medica. He would say, okay, you have to look up this symptom, this rubric, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. I was so confused. I would just call him and say, please just tell me what I would give. And he says, well, you know, and the go-to was almost always Belladonna when it come to illness with the children. But the point is, is I didn't have this wonderful opportunity of these podcasts, and like I said, the homeopathy for mommies, and now we have the internet. We didn't have internet like we do now. I mean, it's actually helpful now. <laughs> but there's there's so many advantages to not immunizing, okay? Like I said, I've I've never had any of my kids on antibiotics since we stopped immunizing. Not once. I've had, I have been to the doctor. Um, besides having my children and besides my health, I did take two of my children in for checkups to make sure there wasn't something secondary going on. And then I did of course, my head injury child, I took her to the hospital because, you know, <gasps> that's not anything you want to take upon yourself. But I've never taken a, a child to the doctor to be put on antibiotics in 20 years, not once. I've had some grandkids that have had to be on antibiotics because the mom was really, really sick and they're too far away for anybody to go and help them. But I really don't think any, I think just one family had to go on antibiotics once in the last 20 years of all my grandkids. It's so wonderful that you can just take care of your family. But like I said, I had a mom in the other day and she had just immunized her her two children. And she almost started crying when I told her, I says, I didn't know she had immunized. I thought she didn't because she said she didn't believe in it. And I said, well, if we go back to Compton Burnett in 1903, he wrote, what is the, what is perfect health? Like I said, I've talked about this before on one of our first shows, but what is perfect health? He wrote, perfect health is the state where there is no disease. And the moment you immunize, bam, the body is now in a state of disease. And it will always be in a state of disease. It will always be in the suppression mode. It will never have perfect health again, ever. So when we know that and we understand that, once we start suppressing, 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 and here they bombard these poor little babies with not just one disease, but they, they do, they'll hit them with three diseases all at one time. And then they, come, they tell you to come back and we'll, as soon as your baby gets over that fever, we'll go ahead and we'll immunize them again. We're going to get this kid so healthy? No. What they're doing is they're putting that kid into such a state of suppression that that child won't even recognize anything. His body won't even recognize anything anymore. And it's not even that these immunizations are pure. We're, we're injecting them with all sorts of garbage, you know, that's another whole story, but there's so much stuff in these immunizations, and for many religious reasons, many of us don't even want immunizations just because of what's in the immunization besides the disease itself. But in answer to your questions, no, I do not immunize right now. I pray that it never becomes mandatory. 
And if it does, you know, God help us all. Um, but if it does, like I said, Thuya 30C, three days prior, three days following, along with silica or nat self to help the body get rid of the harmful effects of that immunization. But like I said, all we can do is pray and sacrifice and, and ask that ask our state representatives and, and our politicians not to make it mandatory because that that is a, a complete disrespect of our rights as parents, as citizens, and we, we just don't want that. But as far as, you know, people say, well, what about these diseases? What about, you know, polio is coming down the pike or measles or mumps and all these other diseases. What do you do about that with your family? I don't even panic. I, I don't panic at all because... We have all the cures in homeopathy. We have the cure for each and every one of those diseases. And I've pretty much, in the last 20 years, seen diseases that were so that so closely resembled, you know, illnesses that so closely resembled particular diseases. And the remedy for that disease, like I said, like cures like. It, the symptoms just go away so quickly. I had, we had a flu in our house. It started with the stomach symptoms here just recently. And it hit each and every individual person a little bit differently. But it always started out with the stomach. And then they felt achy, feverish, not high fever, but feverish. And then each one would develop other symptoms in addition to that stomach pain. And my one son, he started complaining. He said, Mom, I just don't feel well. I have such a headache. And I'm so tired. And he he couldn't hardly get out of bed. He couldn't, and then he just come up. He just lay on the couch. And he just lay there, and so I says, "Come on, you need to get up and get moving." You know, I'm such a, I'm, I'm kind of a slave driver, and I made him come in, and I, was, I told him to help me peel potatoes. And he stood there. He had a peeler in one hand, a potato in another hand. And he just, I mean, I won't mention names here, but he just got all choked up and teary eyed. And I says, "What is going on with you?" He says, "I can't feel my hands. My arms feel numb. They're so heavy, and I can't." Honestly, I can't. And he was just standing there, just looking it down at his hands. And I said, "Oh my goodness!" And here he had been running the fever. He was so tired. So I went and got the remedy, Lathyrus. That is the cure for polio. Remember? But here he said he couldn't feel his hands; they were numb. And so I gave him this remedy. I says, "Here, I'll peel potatoes. You go lay down and start taking this remedy." I had him take the remedy every ten minutes. After about a half an hour, I says, oh, "Sweetie, how are you feeling?" He goes, "Much better, thank you, Mom." So I took the remedy, put it back in the my kit, and after that he started getting better I still had him lay around for the rest of the day but just things like that you just treat the symptoms you don't have to know the name of the disease you don't have to run him to the doctor find out what's going on you just treat the symptoms and so with that I like I said I don't even I didn't want to talk real long here today I just wanted to explain that we do have rights as parents we need to do what's best for our children if for whatever reason you're going into a situation where Immunizations are absolutely mandatory uh, very often when you're leaving the country or, like I said, um, you're in a situation where, like a lot of missionaries, things like that, you know, immunizations are, even Compton Burnett would say that immunizations on rare occasions are a wise move, but that's, it's very rare. It's very, very rare. And it would only be in situations where their health was already compromised or, the pro outweighs the con type of thing. So that really has to be prayed about and decided upon at that point. But for the most part, kids who are not immunized, they bounce back so quickly. Like I said, in 20 years, there's been really no serious illnesses. We've had a few really good flus that take a few days to get through. 
um, and you basically just change your remedies as the flu symptoms change. If you don't catch something quick enough with the belladonna, the aconite belladonna, or another like cures-like type remedy, uh, you can chase symptoms for a few days. But there's nothing secondary going to go on. You're not going to have, you know, really really bad outcome. I know I had a young mother a couple of weeks ago. She was using homeopathy and everything I suggested that she give her two-year-old just seemed to fail. She'd say, well, it worked for a little bit and then it just didn't work anymore. And she called me one night and she was crying and as it turned out, I didn't feel very well. The baby, I could hear the baby just screaming in the background and and I knew this mother was about at the end of her proverbial rope, you know. And I said, where's your husband? And she says, well, he ran to get a thermometer because I know she's got a fever and I wanted to check it. So the thermometer came home and she said, it's only 101 and a half. She says, but she, and I could hear the baby just screaming. I said, you know what? Just take her in and have her checked up because that'll give you peace of mind. And that way, you know, there's not something secondary going on. I says, because when she's got, she's been throwing up for over 24 hours and she's had severe diarrhea. I said, and she's two years old. She can't tell you what it feels like. She can't tell you what's going on or where it hurts. So in a case like that, just take them in and get them checked out. And so she she did, and the doctor said, it's a, it's a three- to five-day flu. Take her home. You're doing everything right. She's not dehydrated. She looks good. She's bright-eyed and cheery. So we'll just leave it at that. And she did. The mom came home. She felt better. She didn't have to worry about appendicitis or something else. Because once in a while, something rare can go on where there's so much inflammation in the intestinal tract that you you can get an inflammation that w- that will allow the appendix to burst or something like that and like I said with the child screaming the way she was her pain seemed to be out of proportion with what was really going on so she got her checked out and she was fine but we need to use doctors when it when it's necessary but otherwise you you know we can pretty much handle anything that comes our way as long as we have a good healthy child to begin with that's not Com- their health isn't compromised by the suppression of disease through immunizations. And like I said, we can have a good, healthy family. So that's my story. I, I, you know, I was reluctant to tell you, but I'm, I'm so thankful that I know that I don't have to immunize anymore. I had one daughter and she had, she really didn't have a whole lot of problems after she got immunized except her eardrum burst. I sat up all night. She'd always get an earache when I immunized. And actually, she I only immunized her once because she just always had the sniffles or something. I just say, no, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. But the, after her first set of immunizations, she was up all night long with a severe screaming, I mean, screaming earache. In the morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning, her eardrum burst. And I didn't know it because I was sleeping, sitting up in the chair with her. And I looked down and here my shirt was all bloody. And I looked and her ear was dripping blood. It was kind of caked on and you know, dripping. And I just said, I'm so sorry, baby. I'm just so sorry. And things like that happen. And parents don't even think anything of it. They think it's perfectly normal. It is not normal. Okay. Just so you know, it's not normal that your child runs super high fevers and gets so, so sick. You know, they, they, they keep telling us this, you know, oh, it's so important that we immunize, but we have these cures through our homeopathic remedies. And, and it's, you know, if somebody tells you that there's, there's not, a cure or a treatment in homeopathy, they don't know homeopathy well enough. And if they say, oh, I tried homeopathy and it doesn't work. Well, sometimes that's true because if the body is in a suppressive mode, and I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I want to start doing things naturally. Now that we have the story, they heard that we can do all this stuff. 
Okay, I had a little bit of an interruption there, so I can't remember exactly <laughs> where I was in my story. But the point is, is we don't have we don't have to immunize our children to put them into a state of suppression. Once we start suppressing these diseases, and then we we give them this immunization, and then we start suppressing it with Tylenol and things like that, we put that poor child into a suppression mode, and we know through the last 120 years that they say many homeopaths. Many naturopaths say that up to 90% of all scoliosis is due to immunizations. Because what happens when you put this immunization into the body, the body puts it into suppression mode. And I don't care what doctor you talk to, they're going to say, yeah, if I take a spinal tap, I'm, I can tell you every disease, every cold, every flu, everything that's ever happened to you is going to be DNA'd in your spinal fluid. Well, hence all that suppression all those immunizations in that spinal fluid and the body is constantly constantly just shaking trying to keep that disease state at bay suppressing 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 and that's what causes much of our scoliosis much of our disease much of our neck aches and neuralgias and all sorts of migraines and things like that it's all stored in that spinal fluid and we just can't figure out why we're such a sick country all the time so i just like i said it's you need to do the research. You need, you know, read Kent, read Compton Burnett. I, I, it's just amazing. I can't believe it's still on the internet, but you can Google it. Compton Burnett, vaccinosis and its cure by Thuya. Please read it while it's still available. I mean, download it if you can actually find it and and read that book. It's so amazing. And once you read it, you're gonna say, Oh my goodness. Okay, I want to be healthy. I want to eat healthy. I want to exercise. I want my children to be healthy, because with health is happiness. God wants us to be happy because when we're happy, we can help others. We are, we're smiling. We bring greater honor and glory to our Lord. It's, it's a happier world. When we don't feel good, it's even hard to get out of bed in the morning. It's hard to care for your family. It's hard to be a joy to those around you when you don't feel well. We want to be able to feel well. We want to be able to take care of our families. And we want our children to grow up and be healthy and productive and be able to have children and be good spouses or whatever their vocation happens to be. We want them to be healthy and happy. So as parents now, we we are their only hope. If we can help them to be healthy through their childhood, they will go into adulthood healthy. But we have to teach them and we have to keep them healthy by not immunizing or not exposing them to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. That includes some of those bad, bad foods that you can pick up on the instant food shelves at the stores. But anyway, besides all that, I just, I just wanted to tell you my story, um, you know, and and let you know that you do not have to immunize because they tell you you have to, and you can immunize your children with, with prophylaxis using the using the nosodes to immunize them ahead of, ahead of time. If there's a disease coming your way, you can use it. And there's actually protocols out there. I've never used them. I've never really found a, a need to. But there are homeopathic doctors who are using the prophylaxis, nosodes, and they, they have a whole regiment that you can immunize your children with. I actually have all these remedies on hand, but I've, like I said, I've never used them. But I think it's a pro- really good idea for parents, for their peace of mind. And a lot of times they have to actually do battle with their, the grandparents. You need to immunize that kid, you know, because that's what they were raised with. But you need to do the research and say, you know what? No, I don't. I don't need to immunize. This is what I can do. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to keep records. And I immunized my child against pertussis and all these other diseases. This is when I 
did it. This is the potency that I used. Work with a good doctor. They'll help you. Like I say, there's, there's entire protocols. And that way you have the armor to protect your family, just even from teachers and um, people at church or people, your neighbors, if they find out you don't immunize, they kind of freak out sometimes. So if you have these good records, you can show them, no, I have immunized prophylactically. This is what I've done. This is how I've done it. And we're safe. You're safe. We're not going to expose you to anything. You know, and it kind of cracks me up because like polio, for instance, they use oral polio. Those those babies are actually contagious for up to 14 days after they've had the oral polio. And they tell people who haven't been immunized that they're going to give it to everybody else. You know what I mean? So it's they're contradicting themselves constantly. Every time they turn around, they're contradicting themselves. So just know your stuff so that you can protect your family. And I always tell anyone who asks me, you know, when the doctor, you go into the doctor and they suggest a protocol, whether it be uh, medicine or immunizations, I don't, I tell them, don't say I don't believe in immunizations. Just say, well, you know what? We've kind of had the sniffles in our house. I'm just going to wait on that for now and just, you know, or say, I'm just going to wait till they're a little bit older before I consider immunizations. So don't outright say, I don't believe in it, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. You kind of have to play their game because it's going to go in your record. You know what I'm saying? And if they suggest a medicine, they write your prescription for something, say, thank you, doctor. Take that prescription, go fill it. And then you can get rid of it or do what you want with it at that point. But don't don't try to buck the system because you're going to end up getting kind of knocked around a little bit. So just say thank you, be gracious, and do what you have to do with your own family. But don't try to convert the world and don't try to make waves because unless, you know, that's your state in life. But for the most part, most of us mommies, we just need to quietly raise our family as, as happily and without being in the limelight as best we can. So anyway... That's my story. I hope it's been helpful. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.